0: Welcome to the Chronicles of Nania, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. I am your host, Martha Tyler, and this week we are going to be talking about the Nanny Magazine. And to do that, I've brought on Michelle laroe
1: Hello, Michelle. Hey, thanks for having me.
0: I'm so glad we finally got to connect.
1: I know. It's been, uh, been some time since we've been trying to plan it, so I'm super excited about our conversation tonight. Me
0: too. We originally, we met at um, Nanny Palooza, right?
1: Probably. I've done my share of uh, appearances at (laughs) at events in the nanny industry for many years, so I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Yes, I'm pretty sure that we met at Nanny Palooza a few years ago, and um, yeah, we've been trying to make it happen ever since, so um, thank you for taking time to uh, talk to us. Oh, thank you. Before we talk about Nanny Magazine, let's uh, hear your nanny journey. I love hearing about people's nanny journeys.
1: Well, I have had quite the adventure. Um, You know, I was working as a babysitter. I mean, I've been caring for kids since as long as I can remember. Um, I remember specifically my first paid gig was caring for five kids under five as a 12-year-old for a, a church family. And I remember I have vivid memories of one under each arm and, you know, wrangling them up for bedtime. And, you know, I just became the natural... Um, babysitter for all the teachers in high school. And as I went to college, uh, I worked myself through college working as a nanny. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really came to love what what I was doing. I I was studying chemistry. I was the first person on my mom's side of of, uh, the family to go to college. So it was a really big deal. Um, So I'm studying chemistry. I'm starting to interview. I'm in my junior year. And I am like, I don't like this. There's (laughs) no way I can be in a white lab coat all day like what am I going to do? And at that point, I really discovered um, the underground world of nannying, like Mm -hmm. I like to call it. Uh, I was going uh, to school in Boston and then in Bridgewater, uh, Massachusetts, um, and I started doing some research. I'm like, I really love what I do. Uh, And I learned there was this you know, network of nanny agencies, nanny support groups, and nanny conferences, and I learned that you could actually make a career out of being a nanny, and if you were really good at it, you could make a really good career. (laughs) So, you know, it was really important to me to finish my college uh, degree since I was the only person on my mom's side to go, and I did. I graduated with a degree in chemistry on a Sunday, and that Monday, I started caring for uh, newborn twins uh, 10 days old from the hospital, And I was with that family uh, until they relocated six or seven years later, and I'm still in touch with that family. Uh, But during that time, I got really involved in the industry. Uh, I became a board member of the International Nanny Association. Uh, I received the INA Nanny of the Year Award. I went on to write several parenting books, um, published by major publishing houses, including Nanny to the Rescue and Nanny to the Rescue Again. Uh, And then I went on to be the executive director of, of INA. Um, and I really loved that opportunity to work with all facets of the industry. And from there, I connected with a with a new member new to the the industry um, named Ken Myers, who had just um, purchased enannysource.com and go nannies. Um, and he got really into the tech side of nannying, but he didn't really have the industry all knowledge. Um he brought me on board to help with some writing and crafting some um, parameters for uh, those sites. Uh, and together we went on and uh, he purchased um, Morningside Nannies. Uh, in Houston. So uh, I'm the executive director of Morningside Nannies. And then from there, uh, I launched nannytrading.com. I, I educate nannies in over 30 countries. And then in December, we purchased Nanny Magazine, uh, which we relaunched as an industry trade publication. So really, I've had the opportunity to be involved in several facets of the industry. I love everything about the industry. I sleep, breathe, uh, you know, everything related to nannies. And, and I'm super excited about Uh, the arc of of the professionalism that we're gaining and, and where the industry came from and where it's going.
0: Yes. Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I, you, you warned me ahead of recording that you had a great nanny journey and that is, that's so wonderful. And I love, um, I, as I talk to more and more nannies through the podcast, I love the journey of like I'm going to do this for a little while to like wait this can be a career to like I love my career and like how can I help others um in the, in this career as well
1: and what you know what I really love about my journey and about the nannies that I work with at the agency and that I interview through nanny magazine is that you could always tell um when a nanny says you know I didn't choose the profession, it chose me. Um, Those are the nannies that I wanna work with. Those are the nannies that I wanna represent.
0: Yes. We're gonna have
1: to hold one minute. Hold on one second, please. Yeah. You'd think after 10 years of working from home, the kids would know the doors closed, don't come in, but uh, sorry. (laughs) No worries (laughs) We have a windstorm going on. So um, there was, I think some trees may have blown down. So uh, they came running down, so.
0: Aw, are they feeling a little scared?
1: No, I think they would just, we have all glass windows in the back. So I think they just got a little nervous, but my husband's taking care of it.
0: Oh, good. Well, (laughs) yeah, that can be scary. We had a big storm um, up here uh, a little while ago. And uh, we all like, I was with my nanny kids when it was happening. And we all like went down in the basement. and, um, And now basement has become their dad's workspace and so it was very exciting to get to go down into the basement yes it's, it's been been very long. exciting
1: especially when you know the doors close and, and <laughs> they know but it is what it is we're all doing our best during during COVID Ex- especially.
0: exactly yeah um so wonderful um let's talk about the nanny magazine um tell me kind of the same like a, a nanny journey for the nanny magazine like how has well, it been know,
1: going i mean we knew you know i had met um the the prior publisher at nanny palooza actually a few years back yeah. um so i knew they had launched it and i knew they were trying to make a go of it uh and um it became stagnant i think for a little bit and i had seen somewhere on a facebook post that um jennifer was looking to to close it up mm-hmm. and you know i love anything that can be a resource to nannies Uh, and I reached out to her immediately and I said you know like hey you know uh, are you closing this like is this something you consider selling I'd really like to to bring this back to life Uh, and through some negotiations etc we were able to purchase the magazine and we relaunched it as a digital trade publication Um, really um, a trade publication so what does that mean right it's like less of recipes and perhaps you know Ideas for arts and crafts, and more. Really, you know, industry insights. Um, different columns and features every month. A day in a life. We both profile nannies who have a special niche. Whether it's working with multiples, whether it's working uh, for divorced families, whether it's working as a traveling nanny. Um, we learn about their stories. Um, we learn about you know different uh, educational options. We learn um, really facts and figures about the agency. We learn about about the industry. We learn about all the different trends, uh, all the different insights, um, what laws and regulations are impacting us, what's up on on the you know on the table in terms of things that could influence our industry, what's going on in other parts of the world. Um, we recently featured um, a friend from Africa who has a nanny school there, and learned about what's it, what's it like being a nanny in Africa. What is what do you learn when you're studying to to be a care provider uh, in that part of the world? Um, So really, it's a global trade publication um, designed to really uh, be a professional resource to provide tools and tips and practical advice and strategies that are really specific uh, to the industry. So one of the big things that I have, especially, you know, with my background in writing is that I don't want to just take content and tweak it or edit it or twist it to fit the nanny industry. Everything that we feature, everything that we write is really specifically written for nannies. So not for daycare workers, um, kind of switched to nannies, but really for in-home child care providers. Because as you all know, uh, you know, no one knows a nanny like a nanny. You have to have walked that walk or or hired a nanny or or really been involved or uh, know nannies to understand the unique role they play in families. Uh, So I'm super proud of of that content that we published that is so specific to nannies. Uh, And I think that the resources and the tools and the the um, content is really um, a high level that people tend to appreciate.
0: Yes. And it, you know, I say it all the time, but like nannying can be so isolating. And so getting to be able to read about all these different um, walks of life for nannies, I think is, is so crucial to helping break that um, isolation because sometimes, you know, you've, you might, get to a point in your career where you feel stuck you're like I'm just I'm moving from family to family I'm it's no longer rewarding I'm burning out and then you can you know read about a new area like travel nanny it's like oh wow I that actually sounds really good for me right now where I am in my life or I've been a travel nanny and now like I met someone and I want to stay put and like how do I make that transition
1: well, even learning about you know day to day life as an any in other parts of the world is just so fascinating to me. I mean in one country that we featured it's normal the kids actually come home in the middle of the day then they go to second school um second school and the meals that they have to prepare like the specific things that are part of the day was fascinating how much time the children spend outside in all weather um was fascinating but even um, one of uh, the most recent interviews that I was super excited about was, I don't know if you've read this book, um, it's called Household Workers Unite by Pramila uh, Nadesim. And it's a story, um, the untold story of an Amer- uh, African-American woman who built a movement. And what I loved about her book and when I read and came across her book was there was this whole concept that we always talk about, uh, you know, as nannies is um, being part of the family. And where did that term come from? And what are the ramifications of that that we don't think about? And how um, back years ago, that was really used to lure um, the workers and the slaves in, really, um, Mm -hmm. to feel like they were part of the family. They would give them their last name, and they could get more labor out of these people by making them, you know, like family. And, you know, it just got me thinking to how today we always say, you know, nannies come into the... office or a resume interviewing and they want to be an extended member of the family. And I used to get so excited about that. And now I like cringe a little bit because it like it's nice. opening the door to exploitation in a way. Um, so it was really fascinating to get her insights on the arc of the industry over the years, the history of it, where we were, where we're going, how organized movements have impacted the industry. And that concept was just a huge, um, you know, the just like family component was just a huge thing that really hit me um, on something that we kind of pride ourselves on, right? Oh, I'm an extended member of the family, right. you know, until you're not, I think we've all experienced that at least once. Um, but yeah. to get her stories and, and the interview with her featured in, in the fall issue, fall 2020 issue um, was really just fabulous. So I'm super excited about that. And our next in, in uh, issue coming out, we have uh, a phenomenal interview with Ronald Ma, who, um, when I was executive director of INA, spoke at a conference in San Francisco many years ago on mandated reporting and, mm. and child abuse and neglect and how nannies you know, may or may not fall under the legal role of a mandated reporter, perhaps, but what are the ethical and the moral implications? And he really takes us on a journey of what's important um, when evaluating um, information or insider suspected abuse and neglect and why perhaps that legal term doesn't really matter if you uh, legally are classified as a mandated reporter, um, and but why it's important that nannies should be. Um, so that's a fascinating um, interview that I can't wait to feature. So we're really uh, at Nanny Magazine reaching out to these experts that are connected to the industry in some way that are experienced with the industry um, who can really share um, insightful and impactful information that nannies can put to use um, on their journeys
0: yes that is really really fascinating and i'm i'm really interested um as well along those lines in like nannies that have had to testify in court over different things because we see into people's homes in a way that almost no one else does um and so one of my guests on the show has had to testify in court about something and it just is it's so interesting but then also when you are that nanny so scary and like you have such a a burden on your shoulders of yes. of ethical dilemmas and moral dilemmas and
1: and we talk about this because as I was interviewing um uh Ronald Ma uh, we had a situation that I became aware of Um, where a nanny um, witnessed um, abuse, sexual abuse Mm. of a child, and how she had to handle that. Um, But, you know, the thing that, I don't want to say scared me, but shook me, I guess, was that her first call was to me, and not to 911, not to Child Protective Services, because she didn't know what to do. And I really vowed from that moment on that I really wanted every nanny to know um, what they need to do if um, they come across a situation. And as he shares in this in this interview that we do, um, you know, nannies are faced with an oblig- with a, with the obligation to to make these reports, but at the cost of their job security, their living arrangements. This was a live in nanny, um, wow. their security, their reference for future positions, et cetera, and how. Um, the ethical complications that come in um, when you work in domestic work uh, for those types of reporting and how it's easy to make uh, like make reports um, when money isn't an issue or perhaps when uh, your home life isn't an issue or your security. Um, but the challenges that that nannies face and the internal struggles. So he deep dives into that topic and I'm super excited um, that he spent some time with us to to kind of walk us through some important things that nanny should know. So that will be out in the winter issue of Nanny Magazine.
0: Right. I had not even thought about being a live-in nanny and that aspect of it. Because like, as you know, teachers or counselors or all of that, like if you report, yeah, you're, you maybe lose that client if you're a counselor, or you may be, you know, but you don't lose your home. You don't lose your entire
1: job. I mean, your whole career, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, when they like, put you in like, you know, all I could think of like the FBI and all of a sudden you like go away, you never existed. I mean, yeah. like when you don't have those references and trying to justify that, that you know, um, really could be could be a, a, an ethical dilemma for nannies, even those who um, may have, uh, you know, the, the children's best interest at heart, um, right. but young nannies, perhaps nannies who aren't um, maybe legally able to work in the United States and they're working and um, they have that fear of, a retaliation, etc. Um, I think uh, people are gonna appreciate the information that he provided um, and the guidance that he provided. You know, I'm pretty, uh, I'm tend to be a black and white person. I like black and white answers. So I'm like, you know, Ronald, yes or no, mandated reporters. And he's like, not so fast. He's <laughs> like, we're gonna walk on a path that's uncomfortable, that is deep. And um, he really um, took us on a journey of of the things that come into play and how the brain works and how the brain processes trauma and how um, it's just really fascinating. I just can't wait for everyone to read that issue. It's, it's gonna I'm be- I'm excited be to read super it. super <laughs> impactful, yeah. And it's funny how things to go as we were putting this issue together. Um, uh, so another topic, like, you know, it just kind of falls into place. It's, it's very fortunate that it does. Um, but another topic that's going to be out is, you know, how do nannies deal with abuse in families in terms of perhaps working for an employer who has a problem with alcohol or with drugs? Um, what do you do in terms of the practicalities of that? Um, so some super helpful information and insightful, especially around the holidays, which could be a challenging time for many families, especially, you know, in this COVID pandemic we're in now. Um, so right. really, um, really happy to be able to bring these real resources. And, you know, sometimes readers will say, you know, hey, we want to see arts and crafts. We want to see, you know, things. But I'm really, really interested in making this a trade publication where the content is thick and deep and really applicable. and has, you know, again, like can impact nannies where they're at because, you know, nannies make such a difference in the lives of children and families they care for. Um, it's such an influential role for the good, and for the bad. Um, I'll never forget working as a nanny, um, you know, my young 20s. And uh, I was a nanny for twins. That's what I specialized in. And, uh, you know, the agency that I had been placed through many years ago, Boston Nanny Center, um, put together networks of nannies to get together. And we had met nannies and had playdates. And, you know, the, from those nannies, you meet more nannies, et cetera, long before uh, the Facebook groups, et cetera. And I remember a nanny who was getting like drunk and high on the job. And, Mm. you know, it was like, you have to be kidding me. And, um, you know, outing her to the parent and being like, you have to come home. Like we're not leaving until like, you know, you come home and how, um, you know, frightening it was that like the mom had no clue at the time, you know, no clue. And to work as a nanny, to work as a successful, you know, nanny. You really have to have a special personality. You really have to be motivated to do the right thing at at all costs in terms of, you know, child safety, child advocacy, child um, development. Uh, You have to be able to to do it on your own without that constant supervision. Um, And you have to be a person of integrity and character who's gonna do what's right when no one's watching. Um, I would say, you know, nannies who make it long-term tend to have those characteristics. Uh, Otherwise you don't last very long, you get burnt out. Um, and you know you don't make good choices, uh, so I think that's super important. Um, people, especially during the pandemic, are looking to be a nanny because perhaps they lost their job, perhaps they um, think it's an easy way to to get a new job and try something new because they've had their own kids, perhaps. Um, and certainly, there's value in, in the childcare component, but really working for for a private family and a private home um, takes um, you know I have to be quite savvy to be to <laughs> do so successfully. And there's a lot of skills. Uh, and knowledge that you need to be successful in working in that type of intimate environment. Um, So through our training program at at nannytraining.com, we really, again, address these issues specifically for nannies. Um, So through all these resources, through Nanny Training, through Nanny Magazine, um, the website's nannymag.com, we're really hoping to build providers up to to help nannies be the best they can be. And to really, uh, the overarching goal is to ensure that children uh, who are cared for by nannies truly receive the highest quality of care.
0: Yes, yes, and that is the goal. But yes, there are so many um, avenues, and some of them branch off in unexpected places away from that goal. So I'm I'm really yes. glad that that um, you all are focused on that, and I agree. Like. You can type in to Google and find crafts, you know, like infinite crafts right. and recipes. Um, but this being curated specifically for nannies is right. is very special and different.
1: It is. And, you know, I'm fortunate to have made many relationships over the years um, where I can call on my mm-hmm. Rolodex and, and, you know, I need an article. and This is the, the topic. Um, but really we want to invite and encourage nannies and those in the industry to write and to share their knowledge to share their insight to share their stories um it's so important that you know their voice be heard and maybe you're not the great writer but you know an interview format can solve those problems so if a nanny has a story to tell we want them to reach out we had a nanny um reach out recently and her story will be in a future issue um she felt quite passionate after um getting on a plane and going to a new position um and at the airport She was followed and approached by, you know, by strange men who were up to no good. And you know, how she wants to empower nannies to know when you get on the plane and you go perhaps for a travel nanny job, I believe that's what she was doing. Um, Things you need to watch out for, things you need to be aware of, um, your safety, what you need to know. Um, so, So that's like, you know, only another nanny can write that only a nanny who's walked that path can share that. Or now in our last issue, uh, with the pandemic, you know, navigating working from parents at home. Right now, many nannies are working jobs they didn't sign up for. Um, mm-hmm. You have full charge nannies who, you know, I used to say, he's kids credit card, see you on Friday. Uh, you have mm-hmm. those types of nannies now working in a home where there's two parents, um, you know, right. two steps beside them all day. They're going crazy. This is not the job they signed up for. So what do you do? We had a great article from Jennifer Hassan, an agency owner who shared her tips, her advice. On how to navigate that successfully. So, you know, when we say that it was curated for nannies, it really truly um, is nanny centric. It is designed for nannies, it is written for nannies by those who, who know them best. Um, so, I do hope people will subscribe. Um, we keep the price so low, it's $21 a year for four issues plus access to all back issues. Many nannies ask, you know, can we do it in print? Can we go back to print? I'd love to go back to print, but mm-hmm. the market just simply won't bear the cost of that right now. Um, the cost of print small runs uh, it would end up being, you know, 20 something dollars an issue for, for quality printing. Right. Um, so the reality is that we really have to build it up and, and nannies have to invest in it if they'd like to see that. Um, but we do. We want it to be accessible to all nannies where they're at. Um, So at that rate, $21 a year, we really hope that it is. And single issues are like $8.95. So it's really affordable. And it's a great tool to have in your toolbox um, to go back and to look at and to kind of flip through on your e-reader to see what people are doing. And and again, like I love reading about Nannies in other parts of the world, um, what they're doing, how they're dealing with the pandemic, what's a day in their life look like. We had a fabulous feature in our first issue, um, which we launched in spring of 2020 um, from Norland. I love Norland. Um, you know, nannies. I love. I always say, and if I could go back, uh, I would force myself into school right now. You can't be American and go there, but you know, my dream right. title of you know being a Norland nanny. But um, they did a fascinating article for us just about, you know, the trajectory of, of, of where nannies are, where we're going, what's, what's the state of the industry. So that was kind of a uh, our, our kickoff um, our kickoff issue was, you know, the state of the nanny industry. Um, so it's really my goal to keep uh, the magazine, you know, again, like industry focused, really meat of the industry, really practical strategies, tips, resources, by the numbers, facts, figures, Everything related to you know nannying, the business side of nannying, and things that you can't get anywhere else.
0: Yes. Um, just for listeners who might not know, can you explain Norland Nannies?
1: So that's a you know <laughs> the wonderful we always hear you know the that when you think of a. Tr- classic nanny in the brown uniform, the nannies who are the the nannies to the royal family, you know, in their brown uniforms, those are Norland nannies. Um, <laughs> they are, you know, the gold standard, as we would say, of uh, you know, of nannies, or at least that's you know, the perception in, in what I believe. Um and, you know, I'm super excited that we've been able to bring a little bit of that UK um branding to the US through our partnership with Nanny Stella. We offer a cash endorsed training program. It's a customized Qualification, our foundation practice for nannies um, course. Uh, so, super excited that nannies now in the US have access to a globally recognized third party accreditation um, where they can earn a, a cash customized qualification. So, really, um, you know, all that we do in our parent company uh, and through projects like nannytraining.com and nanny magazine at nannymag.com is really to elevate the industry.
0: Yes. Yes. And as you were talking about, um, you know, just these interviews from nannies all around the world, um, I just babysat on the side, uh, a family asked me, they were originally French, um, and they were moving to Africa to do, uh, conservation work and uh, they asked me if I would just come while they were packing up and help take care of their child because I have a full-time nanny job but um, we were all in a music class together and so they had seen my work and were like, "We just come? And so as they were packing one day and I was caring for their child, they were like, would you consider moving with us? They were like, you're great, we would love to. And then they told me about the snakes and I was less interested. (laughs)
1: I know it's a, it's just a fascinating what nannies, you know, encounter around the world and what their day looks like. We just included a feature on Canada um, in this issue I'm from a Canadian agency owner, as well as a Canadian nanny um, and what their days look like and how different the industry operates and how the standards are a little bit different and the expectations are a little bit different. Um, so it's fascinating, you know, as you know, we're an unregulated industry here in the U.S. I think. Uh, I'd say in the next 10 years, we're going to see that change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now, you know, we're unregulated. So when you have resources like Nanny Training and you have resources like Nanny Magazine, um, those are voluntary things that, you know, like membership in INA or membership in, in APNA for agency owners, the Association of Premier Nanny Agency um, agencies. It's like you invest in yourself to hold yourself to a higher standard voluntarily. That's what separates you from your peers, having a pulse, having to understanding the pulse of the industry, understanding how to make yourself more marketable, how to understand, um, to build your nanny knowledge base, right? Your nanny knowledge is so important. And when you're interviewing with families and you're, you know, setting yourself apart by subscribing to, you know, a trade publication that's designed for your industry, taking training that was specifically designed for your industry, networking and connecting with others who are specifically in your industry. It really sets you apart and, and gives you gives you a leg up on on competition when you're job searching, as well as building, you know, your nanny knowledge base, which is super important
0: it really really is um and and i i love the idea that with that subscription that you can read through the backlogs because i often find that while i'm interested in stories um until they're like super relevant to me you know i don't absorb them necessarily in the same right. way um right. And so being able to be like, oh no, this is a new thing that's come up for me. I've never like dealt with this before. And maybe I read that article a while ago, but I don't remember it super well. Being able to go look at that is so helpful.
1: It really is and to be able to access content, you know, from a diverse um, group of writers too, from, Mm -hmm. you know, we feature um, this issue, we featured uh, Nanny Kim, uh, INA Nanny of the Mm -hmm. Year, first African-American Nanny of the Year um super excited she was to to have that honor and she shares you know her nanny journey how did she get to where she is um entrepreneurs how do they get to where they are like what's what in them made them say i have something bigger to offer and how did they you know get that to to our industry and and just you know the fascinating stories behind every nanny there really is a personal story a reason they got into the industry a a a path a trajectory toward trajectory that they took to really um, elevate themselves. And it's just fascinating to learn and to read and and to learn from them and to read their stories. And, you know, I think that shared passion. um, You know, I remember I tell people all the time um, when I went to my first nanny conference, I mean, that high that you get from being around other people who understand you felt like a shot in the arm that could last you for eternity. I mean, it was like my people, you know, yes. <laughs> and once you experience that once in the lifelong friendships that you make, um, when you get into that circle of professionals, um, and even online and you meet and you network and you connect with people and, you know, years and years of friendships. And, uh, it's just amazing to see what, you know, my friend Galenda over at Nanny Transitions, what an amazing mm-hmm. resource she is, what story she's written for our magazine, what story she's she has. been on the
0: podcast as well. She's wonderful. Yeah.
1: Uh, my dear friend, Nanny Stella from Nanny 9911, you know, her insight. Well, how did she end up where she was? How did she end up on that TV show? We want to know. And she shared with us in, in our first issue as well. And, um, you know, nannies like, you know, Daniel Butcher from, you know, LA Nannies, um, mm-hmm. you know, how do you be a male nanny? How do you break into that? Like, you know, how do you deal with the bias? What do you do? And Shenandoah, um, who has adventure nannies, sharing you know her tips. What what does she like to see in in, in a nanny? And Greta from uh, Cincy Nanny, what are the top characteristics of a nanny? What are agencies looking for? Um, And, you know, Stephanie Felsenberg from, you know, be the best nanny, giving her nanny advice, answering questions. What about during an election time when you work with a family that won't stop talking politics, what Mm -hmm. do you do? And, you know, she answers those kind of questions. It's so important to have that practical snippet, tidbit advice that you can read an article, put it down, come back to it later and kind of pick up where you're left off. Um, So I'm super proud of of the publication. I really am, I really feel like, you know, people, I think they expect one thing and they see it and they're like, wow, this is like super high quality. This is legit. Um, and it is, it really yeah. is and truly is. And, and we're so appreciative of all the contributors who share their insight and share their knowledge um, to, to really uh, share our goal of, of improving the quality of care children receive by really empowering and educating nannies. I love it.
0: Well, If listeners are curious about um, how to subscribe, how to find out more information, where do they go?
1: NannyMag.com.
0: Wonderful. And so just to be clear, it is not nannymagazine.com. It is nannymag.com. I just want to say it out loud in case you're listening and like doing dishes and not, you know, fully paying attention. (laughs) Um, But it will also be down in the show notes to click on. So you'll be able to just click the link and you'll be taken right there.
1: Um, Yeah, super excited. And we were able to set it up so you can actually purchase a gift subscription for a friend, uh, for a nanny and me, we often have nannies, you know, nannies are some of the most generous, kind hearted people, you know, we know, and during the pandemic, we've had many uh, nannies want to just sprinkle some joy in their friendships and, and send that resource and you know, we do our best during National um, Nanny Recognition Week and another time during the year to, to do free giveaways. So follow us on social media. You'll have all the links at nannymag.com and, and you'll have opportunities to kind of win those kind of prizes too.
0: Yes, wonderful. And if listeners want to know more about you and your other projects, where can they find those?
1: They can go to michellelaroux.com. I have a website that uh, shares uh, more about my story and my books. Um, my you know my journey and, and what I strive to do in terms of um, the nanny industry and uh, public education I'm a, I'm a big advocate for for public schools and and empowering parents to be involved in that and also I'm a foster parent so our family is a foster family and we share a little bit about our journey in that as well so certainly um what I've learned is is that nannies uh, definitely have a much higher standard than the department of social services would ever even imagine. Um, wow. And so if you can provide respite care to families in need in your area, connect with your uh, department of children and families. Um, even if you can, you know, provide some occasional babysitting time uh, to families in need. Um, I will tell you, I think um, when they saw the quality of care, just, you know, and I laugh, right? Because I'm like, Oh my gosh, 10 years ago, I was making baby food, homemade baby food. Like everything was, organic. Now it's like, you know, pizza tonight. Oh, you want coffee? cake burger? You know, like my level of survey has gone down I'm like, and it's something that's blown them away. Just the quality of care our family provides. Um, and to us, this is like I mean, you know, I'm embarrassed, right? Because you know, again, you know, we'd be doing the flannel boards and the stories and all the different, you know, homeschooling type of stuff for for the little ones. And now, I mean, of course, we provide high quality care, but you know, right. definitely not like thinking of 10 years ago. And um, so you can really be a resource, and you know, you wouldn't believe. Um, what a blessing it is to be able to give back and share the skill set that nannies specifically have. So I would encourage nannies if they have that availability or desire to help families. um, Certainly, it's a good place to start
0: yes and um this is a nanny resource podcast and you have just been given so many wonderful resources so um i do really encourage you to subscribe and to visit um the websites that are down in the show notes because uh, we are all in this together, and we all really do have a lot to learn from each other, and especially to learn from someone like you, Michelle, who who has been in the industry for so long and has really changed the face of the industry through your hard work.
1: Well, thank you. I mean, it's certainly something, you know, that, that, I, that I pride myself on. It's something that I love, um, you know, I joke, but it's like I've been in this industry now for half my life. I'm yeah. 44 years old. Um, I've been doing this more than I have not in terms of being involved with with everything to do with the industry, I've had some wonderful opportunities and I love it. Uh, to be passionate about something. I mean, I remember a long time ago when I was struggling, right? The struggle like, oh, the college degree, like versus a nanny. Oh, you're going to be a babysitter. When are you going to get your real job? You know, to be able to now like out earn all those kids, you, know? <laughs> you know, It's like, you know, I mean, you got to figure out what you love to do and find out how to get paid for it. Someone gave me that advice once and really, truly the best advice I ever received. Um, because I can wake up every day and it doesn't feel like work. Uh, and, you know, again, you know, maybe you're a nanny now, um, and maybe 10 years from now, you'll still be involved in the industry, but changing the industry, you'll be the next generation. Um, you look at, you know, the we, you know, the trailblazers in terms of, you know, there was the first level, you know, NAN all those years ago, National Association of Nannies, Glenda, Harriet, and then there's, you know, we came along the next year, Kelly, me, and then now we're seeing the next generation. Um, so we're hoping to pass on and empower um, again, nannies to be the best they can be because truly the quality of care children receive is certainly at stake.
0: It really is. And and it just, it makes such a big difference. Um, it truly our, does. You our jobs are so the important. The life of
1: a child. And yeah. I see that now, especially, you know, in the foster care setting, um, that consistent, stable, high quality care um, can change the trajectory of a child's life. And nannies certainly are in that role um, to be able to make that kind of impact.
0: Yes. Yes. One secure attachment changes the whole, the whole wiring of a child's brain.
1: So it's
0: it's very, very true. true. And intergenerational trauma, like breaking some of those cycles. And it's just really, really important.
1: Um, so for some, I mean, for some, for some families, um, you know, the, the relationship the child has with the nanny is going to be the healthiest relationship they have. Um, right. Certainly, we hope that's not the case. We certainly would all love to work for fabulously functional families with no issues <laughs> and no trauma. Um, but the world we live in, we know that's not always the case.
0: Yes, it, it's 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 really not. And I do have to ask, do you use some of your chemistry knowledge and experiments with the kids?
1: Well, I'll say that there is no chemistry like working with kids, right? Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> so I certainly have to always uh, be on your toes. And I think the number one thing um, that degree uh, taught me was really how to think. Um, when you study the high, hard sciences, um, you really learn how to observe, you learn observation is a big thing in science, you learn to analyze, uh, and you learn to create, you know, a hypothesis and solve problems. So I will say that those three things really have um, contributed to my career and really have taught me, um, you know, how to approach the world. So I'm thankful for my career. I'm thankful for my studies. Um, and I do think it impacted it, um, funny or not. I, I do think it did.
0: Yes, I I truly believe (laughs) that that is that's true one of my um guests in the past on this podcast was a biochem theater double major and he um wrote a musical about type 1 diabetes and donated it to um jdrf so um, oh wonderful and and so yeah i do think that combining like creativity and and hard sciences is just wonderful
1: thank you it Um, truly is
0: (laughs) Um, great well we end each episode with a cute fun story and Michelle has brought one
1: well I will tell you I think a lot of parents and nannies can relate to this story it is with my own child Uh, we're doing remote learning like many uh, families across the country right now and you know my older daughter is set up in her room pretty independently but my son he's 10 he needs a little bit more supervision Mm -hmm. so he's in an office outside my office uh, at our home and uh, the other day i just hear i hear whatever your mother doesn't want to hear don't worry i've got this i've done it before and my heart must have dropped about 30 feet because I'm wondering what is going on while he's live in this class with his teacher. Uh, well, apparently he had been given the host controls. Uh, and fortunately, he knew how to give them back and willingly gave them back. But whenever I heard those those words, I, I didn't know what was coming next. I've done it before. Don't worry. I just, um, I, I didn't know what was coming. I was really grateful that it was only, uh, that he had the, the host remote and he, he I respectfully return those right away to his teacher and his class resumed but oh man I thought you know you hear those little like famous last words um so I was fortunate that that my my childhood and my husband's childhood paid off to have a, a good outcome for that. <laughs> that that is
0: that's wonderful but yes those words are very scary because yes. um, you don't know what's gonna happen yeah but my goodness uh kids really know their way around technology i've been doing online tutoring and well
1: uh, i will tell you really my do. son as a nanny you know as a former nanny you know once a nanny always a nanny you know mm-hmm. i love to check his work especially <laughs> but i did um find out that he regulated me to a viewer only because he did not like my 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 typo and Your correct so, <laughs> yes. so i said to the teacher luke's work's been getting better oh <laughs> you know so he, he made me a viewer only he let me know that I only have viewer status but it's fascinating what you see in there are documents I recently I was looking through and I see this note and I say oh no because my son loves to send emails to teachers <laughs> and I pull up this note I'm like oh no did he send it yet and he sent it and it was to his teachers last year it was like dear Miss H.Iron Smith I am writing to you to let you know how much I've learned from you. And I thank you and hope you're doing well in this pandemic. And I hope you can see how far I come and I owe it all to you. Stay safe and be healthy. Your friend, Luke. Well, I almost died. And he had sent it off and he was very happy to have return notes on his document when he got back at the end of the day to look at it. But yeah, kids, you know, you really, you know, you see see what they're what they're up to with the remote learning. You can check in on their stuff and you know, it was a blessing to see, but uh I, sometimes I, I wish he wouldn't send things so quick.
0: <laughs> I know, but that is so yeah. sweet. And I bet that meant a lot to his teachers. Oh, they they they,
1: they, were, they were quite touched, yes. Yeah, okay, for sure. Because
0: it is it is hard to be a teacher right now and it um, is
1: very hard to be a teacher. It's hard to be a student right now and yes. it's hard to be the master of remote learning for for your kids. Um, yeah. but I can say, I think, you know, one of the, the fascinating questions I'll say that, you know, people, you know, had asked throughout my, you know my career would be, um, you know, once you have kids, you know, uh, is it different? It must be so different in like I get to tell you, it's, you know, people be like it's so much harder to have your own. Oh, my God, it's so much easier. I don't get to an answer to no one. I get to make all the rules. I don't get to an answer to no one. If somebody bumps their head, it's okay. Like, you know, when you're a nanny, like, oh, my gosh, the pressure for everything and the decision making, you're going to get overruled. I mean, so it's been a great joy to to not have to answer to someone and to, to have all those rules. and seriously, you know, like, you know, when I look back at the moment, like, and I love those, all those kids like they were my own, honestly. And, mm. you know, the kids now, my, my first long-term boys, are 21 years old now. And they've got to meet my kids and those lifelong relationships that you make. Um, You know, I don't know. I mean, it, you know, I don't think it was as much different as I thought it was going to be. I think, you know, when you love a kid, you know, you love a child, you know, you you love you love a child. And, you know, certainly right. um, my own have a special place. But so do all the others that we've cared for over the years, you know?
0: Yes. Yes, they really do. They um they 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 get in our hearts and they yeah they carry they carry around a piece and you carry around a piece
1: for sure forever
0: so well thank you so much for taking time michelle i really really appreciate it
1: well thanks for having me i appreciate i love your podcast it's very popular and and I'm glad that you provide this resource uh, for nannies too. It's so important to be able to, you know, listen in the car and listen when you have a moment and you're feeding the baby and, you know, whatever you can pop it in your ears and have a listen. And, and thank you for, for sharing your talents and your resources as well with the industry.
0: Oh, well, thank you. That means a lot. And, um, and thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Chronicles of Nannia is produced and hosted by Martha Reddick. Artwork by Noni Amadon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudio.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nannia and on Twitter at Nannia Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnannia at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.